It's the dictionary. 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 Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. How are you doing? I'm so glad you're here. What's up with your faces? How did that thing happen? Hoo-wee. All right. Uh, yeah, I say the same things every time, pretty much. Should we talk about the words in this episode? Yes, we should. Mm-hmm. This is the top of page 360, a lovely number in the world of math and numbers and things. You you math people, you love 360. What do we... 360 degrees in a circle, which is easily broken down into 180 and 270 and 90 and 45 and 2 and 3 and it just it's divisible into so many numbers it's wonderful okay the first word in this episode is the first form of disjoint d i s j o i n t adjective from the 15th century number 1 is obsolete And the synonym is the 1A definition for the word disjointed, which is coming up. Number two, having no elements in common, as in disjoint mathematical sets. Disjoint mathematical sets. So, And I would want to say disjointed mathematical sets. So clearly, between... That one and uh, the number one obsolete, it seems like the word disjointed has has kind of taken over instead of the word disjoint when it's used in an adjective way, an adjectival way. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, there's not much for the etymology. Uh, Disjointed, no elements in common trying to think if my brain will come up with anything to say clever or interesting about that. No. Okay, sound effect will be... The next word is the second form of disjoint. This one is the verb from the 15th century. One. To disturb the orderly structure or arrangement of... So everything's all arranged in a nice way. And then a three-year-old comes in and stomps all over the place and disturbs everything that has been neatly ordered. They have disjointed the joint. They're just, they're like drunk people, aren't they, little toddlers? Number two, to take apart at the joints. Ooh, oh, I mean, okay, there are lots of things that have joints, but of course the first thing I think of is is a living creature. And so if you take it apart at the joints, you are literally li- li- you're literally ripping it from limb to limb. From limb to limb, from limb, the limbs are being ripped off and and you know, if you, there's joints at the elbows, at the knees, so you're you're ripping apart the limbs in smaller pieces. Um, but there's other things that have joints. You know, there's like puppets, armatures that are not alive technically. Um, what other things have joints? I mean, anything that kind of move in that way. And if you take it apart at the joint, you are disjointing it. Intransitive is to come apart at the joints. Oops, I just fell apart at my joints. My shoulder just just decided to stop working. 
The next word is disjointed. Adjective from circa 1586. 1A. Being thrown out of orderly function, as in a disjointed society. It, it used to be all ordered and nice. And then that three-year-old came in and threw everything out of, out of order. It, it disjointed. 1B. Lacking coherence or orderly sequence. As in, an incomplete and disjointed history. What has an incomplete and disjointed history? There's no coherence to it. Uh, I guess if you're telling the story of what happened in a disjointed way, you might be jumping back and forth between time. This happened, and then this happened, but wait, I got to backtrack, and then this thing happened before. Okay, now let's go back to the future. Let's go to the future again. Wait, no, let's go back. That's all very disjointed, and nobody wants to hear stories told in that way. Number two, separated at or as if at the joint. Hmm, there's no example there. Separated at the joint or as if at the joint. Disjointedly is an adverb. So I guess if you uh, if your if your knee pops out of place, if your head falls off, uh, you are disjointed. Disjointedness is a noun. I believe there is a TV show uh, called Disjointed about the cannabis world. I think I I probably have that right. I mean the word joint is in the name there. Um, yeah, so if you want to watch that, go watch that. I've never seen it. The next word is disjunct. D-I-S-J-U-N-C-T. This is the first form adjective from the 15th century. Marked by separation of or from usually contiguous parts or individuals. As a... The synonym is discontinuous, and B, relating to melodic progression by intervals larger than a major second, and compared to the word conjunct, conjunct. I think that's when things are coming together. Oh, what was it in uh, in the Dark Crystal? Wasn't there like the great conjunction where all the planets or something came together? I think so. All right, so what is this word disjunct? Uh, things are separate, uh, not contiguous, uh, discontinuous. These are just words to help you understand what this basically means. But in music, um, a progression by intervals, so larger than a major second. So a major second is when you go from C to D. Uh, from C to C sharp is uh, a half step, and then one half step above that would be D, and I think that's a major second, right? Because it's the first and the second. So one whole note, basically, is a major second, I believe. Um, But, so this is anything that's more than that is disjunct. I guess I didn't delve deep enough into music to ever see this term used. I don't really know how it is used, but anything... In music that has an interval larger than a major second, relating to that is disjunct. The next word, the second form 
of disjunct. And you can emphasize either syllable on this one, disjunct or disjunct. Noun, from 1921. So the last one was the adjective, and this one is the noun. Number one, any of the alternatives that make up a logical disjunction. Any of the alternatives that make up a logical disjunction? Uh, so, a lo- I don't. Is this math? Do, do they use the, their logic or something? Um, yeah, I don't fully understand that. Number two, this is long. An adverb or adverbial. Okay, then we get some examples of what that is. So, an adverb or adverbial that is loosely connected to a sentence and conveys the speaker's or writer's comment on its content, truth, or manner. So the examples are the word luckily in the phrase, luckily we had an extra set, or the words in short in the phrase, in short, there is nothing we can do. So uh, this is a disjunct word or phrase that is an adverb or adverbial, and it's loosely connected to a sentence and it conveys uh, the, the person who is saying it or writing it, they're commenting on what it is, uh, the, the, the content, the truth, or the manner of the thing. Um, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. What are some other examples, I wonder? Uh, so it's if it's a writer, it's kind of like breaking down the barrier between them and the reader, or... Sh- yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't fully understand this, not entirely. Loosely connected to a sentence and conveys the speaker's or writer's comment on its content, truth, or manner. So they're commenting on the thing in an adverbial way? I don't know. Compare to the 2B definition for adjunct. A-D-junct. Adjunct. The next word is disjunction. Noun from the 14th century. Number one, a sharp cleavage. The synonyms are disunion and separation. So if anything is separated from another thing in some way, it's been split and cut. That is a disjunction. As in the disjunction between theory and practice. I mean, I wouldn't have called that a sharp cleavage because when I think of cleavage, I think of something physical that has been cleaved in two or more. But, uh, you know, I guess there is a there's a separation between theory and practice. You can think of an idea and in theory, in, pra- in, in theory, this thing is going to go this way. But in practice, it really goes this way. So there's a disjunction. There's a separation between those. Um, what's another word? Uh, well, I don't know if it's if it fits here. Great, um, the d, it's another D word. Uh, why can't I think of it? The it's a good word too. It's a real good word. Uh, the this uh, whatever we'll think of it later. Okay, so that was number one for disjunction, and number two is a compound sentence in logic formed by joining two simple statements by the word or, and then we have 2A, 
the synonym is inclusive disjunction, and to be, the synonym is exclusive disjunction. So inclusive or exclusive dis- disjunction are both kinds of disjunction, which is a compound sentence in logic form by joining two simple statements by the word or. And it doesn't give an example, so maybe I'll have to put something in the show notes. Uh, so here's the sentence, this is a thing that's happening, or here's another sentence, and that's a disjunction. Are you showing how they are different or similar? Is that what it is? Uh, Okay, the next word. Disjunctive. First form, adjective from the 15th century, 1A, relating to being or forming a logical disjunction. So that is probably the, the very last thing we read, which was the compound sentence in logic. Um, 1B, expressing an alternative or opposition between the meanings of the words connected, as in, hmm, as in the, dis, the disjunctive conjunction, the, and then that's the word or. That didn't make any sense. The disjunctive conjunction or. So the word or is a conjunction word because it is combining two things into one, two sentences into one, two ideas into one sentence. Um, But it is also disjunctive because why? Because it expresses an alternative or opposition between the meanings of the words connected. So the word or, it's conjoining the things together, but it's also showing that they are different, they are opposites, there's something different about them. It's because you have an option. It's not uh, and, the word and, I don't think would be disjunctive because they're shown to be similar or together because of the word and, but or, it's one or the other. Does that make sense to me? I think so. I hope it makes sense to you too. I hope it's right, first of all. 1C, expressed by mutually exclusive alternatives joined by the word or. Expressed by mutually exclusive alternatives, uh, as in, disjunctive pleading. You're pleading for something. You're on your knees pleading, uh, please, 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 please do this thing for me. Uh, expressed by mutually exclusive alternatives joined by the word or. Well, the example didn't use the word or, so it's not that kind of example. Don't fully understand it, but I think it is similar to 1B. Number two, marked by breaks or disunity, as in a disjunctive narrative sequence. There's no unity between those sequences. They have breaks. There's a part of the story, and then it breaks, and then a part of the story, and then it breaks. Maybe it jumps in time. Maybe it's some other kind of break. Maybe it jumps from one character to another character in a different place, and that would be disjunctive because it's not all together. It's bouncing around in different places and things and times. Number three is talking about a pronoun form, and the definition says, stressed and not attached to the verb as an enclitic 
or proclitic. And I don't know what those words are, so I can't help there. It's stressed and not attached to the verb. Disjunctively is an adverb. The next word is the second form of disjunctive. Noun from 1530. A disjunctive conjunction. Which is a great definition when you think about it. Uh, So I guess the word or would be a disjunctive because it is a disjunctive conjunction. It's combining things but also showing how they're different. The next word is disjuncture. Noun from the 14th century. The synonym is the number one definition for disjunction, which was a sharp cleavage. So uh, disjuncture, I mean, I would, there, there's a juncture when things combine. Um, but yeah, I guess if they're, if they're separated, that's a disjuncture. Next word. This is the first form of the word disk, D-I-S-K, and you are allowed to spell it D-I-S-C. And I've, I've seen both. I've, I've written both. I never really have known what to use, what's proper. It probably depends on the context, uh, but both are okay. So, it is a noun from 1664, and since we're here, um, I'm going to go back to D-I-S-C and see if, uh, what did it just direct us back to disc with a K? I feel like it did, um, because, you know, the all the information I think is going to be here. Uh, yes, D-I-S-C, variation of disc, D-I-S-K. There was the prefix disc, but yeah, okay, so here is where we're going to get all of the information for disc with a K. 1A, did I say the year 1664? 1A, the seemingly flat surface of a celestial body, as in the solar disc. So the celestial bodies are not flat. They're, they're uh, round, they're circular, they're spherical. Um, but if you look at it and it looks flat, you just call it the disc. And I'm sorry about all these little sounds, these little squeakies that make chairs squeaking. Can we watch? We can't even make it happen when we want to. So the solar disc is, I guess, this the sun or maybe the area around the sun of the, the light that it produces. It's to our viewpoint, to our eyes, it looks like a flat disc. But it's not. It's in three dimensions. Maybe even more dimensions. 1B is archaic and the synonym is discus. The discus is the thing that you throw. I think that's from the Latin discus, which means disc. Um, but I guess it's uh, they used to call it disc or... I don't know which, which direction are we going. Disc to discus, discus to disc... What's archaic exactly? Number two, any of various rounded and flattened animal anatomical structures, especially the synonym intervertebral disc, intervertebral disc. I think that's something about the the vertebrates, the spine maybe. 
And it says it uh, compared to slipped disc. So if you have a slipped disc, uh, you got something wrong with your spine. Uh, so the, yeah, inter, that is an intervertebral, or the thing that has slipped is an intervertebral disc. I think, I think, I think I need to go back to the chiropractor. I haven't seen them in a long time. And maybe someday I will go back to getting regular visits. Uh, so rounded, flattened animal atomic structures are these discs in your body, in your back. Three, the central part of the flower head of a typical composite made up of closely packed tubular flowers. Hmm. I don't know if I realized they were made up of those closely packed tubular flowers. There is a picture of this type of disc so it shows a flower there's the stem and there's a big old leaf coming off of the stem and then at the top there is the flower the flower head the petals and uh i i think this looks like a sunflower just based on the shape of everything uh and so there's the 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 petals the leaves around the outside of this circle and then the circle shape that they're all coming off of, all the petals are coming off of, that is the disc. Uh, I thought the seeds were in there, but maybe there's also tubular flowers. Yeah, so the middle the middle section of the flower head is the disc. Four, a thin circular object. Just any thin circular object as a and this one is spelled D-I-S-C, a phonograph record is a disc with a C. Now, okay, well, let's finish. Let's not let's not guess things because there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, so a phonograph record is a disc. It is a thin circular object. Also for B, a round flat plate Coated with a magnetic surface on which data for a computer is stored. Uh, a flat plate coated with a magnet is so. Is this just uh, some like a CD-ROM? What sort of disc are we putting into our computer? There are other types of discs and machines that will read discs. Um, they're not very widely used, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I guess a round flat plate coated with magnetic substance. Substance, uh, You can store computer stuff on that. For C, this one is also disc with a C. The synonym is optical disc, which interestingly enough is spelled with a K. Uh, yeah, I have heard of those as well, optical discs. I think those were before CD-ROMs, but they, they were bigger. And I think they might have been in some sort of cartridge type of thing. And uh, I'm sure they did not hold as much information as a CD-ROM, which, of course, those barely even exist anymore. Um, so, but we have a couple sub-definitions under 4C. We have 4C1, the synonym is video disc, and 4C2, the synonym is CD. So... It doesn't, so an optical disc is also, a, a video disc and a CD are also called optical discs, I guess, and I believe that they would also be coated with a magnetic substance, possibly, but maybe not. 
And, uh, you know, we've got also DVDs and Blu-rays, and we've talked about these recently, uh, lots and lots of time types of discs. Number five for disc, this one is usually spelled with a C. One of the concave circular steel tools with sharpened edge making up the working part of a disc harrow or plow. Also, an implement employing such tools. I'm trying to even think of what this might be. I don't know if I've ever seen this or heard of it. Concave circular steel tool. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure my brain knows this, but I, if I can't visualize it, then I'm not going to know. So maybe we'll post a picture of this disc with a C that's a concave circular steel tool. Disc-like is an adjective. Hey, that thing is like a disc. Well, you can call it disc-like, or maybe you can just call it a disc. It's just from Latin, which is discus, and there's more at the word dish. Dish and disc. The next word, zzzz. It's the second form of disc spelled with a C or a K. Transitive verb from circa 1884. To cultivate with an implement that turns and loosens the soil with a series of discs. And the example of the thing the, the thing that you're implementing or the, the implement that you're using is the harrow or the plow. And you're using these discs to do the disking. And so, yes, this is... Uh, this is the verb form of number five from the previous word. So you're using the, the disks, the physical disk tools to do the disking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I say it in a weird way. It's very complicated, but it's not at all. There's one more word for this episode. Disc drive, two words, noun from 1963, a device for reading and writing data on a magnetic disc. That's what it does. It reads it and it writes it. And uh, at a certain point, when I was quite a bit younger, we were able to get blank discs, blank CDs, blank, blank DVDs, and we could burn our own information on there at home which you definitely couldn't do before that, that you had to be a professional if you wanted to put information on a disc. Oh, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about discs and disc drives? Uh, a lot of computers these days don't have disc drives anymore because everything you can pretty much download. Uh, games on uh, the, various, uh, the various systems currently. What We have the Switch and the Xbox and the PlayStation and computer games and your phones and your tablets. Uh, you can download the games. You don't need a disc like you used to. Um, computer programs you can get on a uh, download instead of a disc. Um, I still like the ability to have a disc because, you know, sometimes maybe you got old discs that you want to read or maybe for some reason somebody wants a disc. I've had to burn Blu-rays for people uh, of videos for whatever reason. And so, you know, you still want that ability. 
But of course, you can buy external disc readers and writers, which I have done. And uh, well, let's go through. There's a lot of old video game systems that use discs. Um, I don't remember what the first one was. I know I have it in my brain, but, um, you know, uh, from like the Nintendo standpoint, um, was it the, uh, the GameCube, I think was the first one to use discs. Those were the like small three centimeter, uh, spinny discs. And then of course, you know, PlayStation and Xbox, uh, Dreamcast, that's a long forgotten video game system um i believe that there were some was did sega have discs maybe um i think there were some other ones there was something else that i can't think of but uh yeah you know a lot of that stuff has gone away you know movies dvds and blu-rays and all that stuff um we we still have them and you can still get them and people do get them a lot but streaming has so so taken over that we we don't really use them that much it's it's uh it's kind of crazy to be living through this this evolution. I've I've seen such a huge evolution of how to watch movies just in my own lifetime. Not to mention, you know, people who are much older than me have seen it even more. Okay, I think we need to reread the words. Uh, so we had disjoint, disjoint, disjointed, disjunct, disjunct, disjunction, disjunctive, disjunctive, disjuncture, disc disk disk drive i'm really emphasizing the word disk um i mean i guess i kind of want to just pick disk as the word of the episode because i've uh, i've had to use lots of disks in my life personally professionally and uh yeah you know they're just a big part of our everyday life if you got if you're using the tool or something for a video game or a computer or your spine, your spine. I hope I never have a slipped disc. I should really, I need to be better about my posture. I know that I, ugh, I'm so bad at that. Um, yeah, disc. The celestial bodies have a disc. There are discs all over the world. There are some in the sky. There's some in your home. There's some in your body. They're called discs intervertebral discs there's also disc tools disc tools that's going to be the end of this um i guess uh, i'll just quickly uh, just say uh, some some couple of more movies that we've been watching where did i leave off i don't remember um oh i guess the only one would be tar um that's the movie about a i thought it was a real person is not a real person. Kate Blanchett plays Tar, I think Lydia Tar, uh, who is a, uh, a a musician and a conductor, and uh, she's a very interesting character. And uh, Kate did a phenomenal job playing this role. She had really, really long monologues to learn and languages to learn so much. And if I remember correctly, just last night, okay, let me start that over. Just last night, I watched the second half of the Golden Globes, and if I remember correctly, she won for Best Actress, uh, which, you know, everybody deserved it, but, you know, that was the one that I saw, and uh, holy, holy moly, she did a good job, so well-deserved, and, uh, yeah, interesting person to play, Lydia Tarr. 
Fake person, not real. Maybe it's based on somebody, I don't know. That is going to be the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, this is Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye!